Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, peeps, we have some addendums to some things that we mentioned in previous episodes that I would like to cover. We were saying perineum wrong. How do you say it? Okay, so I was on Instagram and I saw Jessica Cruel, editor-in-chief of Allure, talking about this. It's perineum. 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 I think we had the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, if you will. Asses the window. Okay, stop. Assess the window. Not asses the window. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Well, you know, we got the idea. Perineum, perineum, perineum. Okay, perineum. Also, after our conversation about the perineum, I was like, for a lot of women, they tear Mm -hmm. when they have their babies. Childbirth really sounds like a scam. I'm just going to (laughs) be honest with y'all. Like, more power to all the women who do it. Controversial statement, but loved my C-section. That's how I'm feeling. I'm like, would I really want to push a head out of my vagina? I would tear. I know I'd be the person to tear. I'd probably crap myself. There would be a lot of things going on. Honestly, with the size of your child with Patrick, it's probably better off that you would have a C-section, to be honest. Patrick does have a big old head. So I bet this baby will just be like a massive linebacker baby. Nine pounds. Please don't speak this into existence. Or who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that if if Zoe were not breached and I had to birth her through my vagina, I would have torn a shit ton because her head was massive. It is actually insane to me that women give birth and then they're expected to not only like feed and care for this baby and like not get any sleep, but like walk around. Walk. All the freaking royal mothers walking out the next day to present the child to the crowd like that kills me all the time kate has done that with all three of her children i'm like dude you are in so much pain right now that sounds horrendous it actually sounds horrendous i cannot believe i mean i know it's like the miracle of childbirth but like i know it's a lot i have so many thoughts and feelings and we could do a whole episode about this like i don't want to call it a trend rise in surrogacy among like celebrity women like so much controversy and thoughts well i honestly am like if i could afford it i would do a surrogacy as well but i do think that there are some dynamics there that make it the wealth class versus totally it's like such a privilege for so many reasons hold on dr sam's calling hold on hello oh hello You're on speaker because we're literally recording the (laughs) podcast right now. Say hi to Sarah. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi, Dr. Sam. 
yeah, well, you could have told me to call you later. No, absolutely not. I actually wanted you to call in right now because I want to include this in the episode because for what's on my face this week, we're talking about what's in my face, which is Discord. <laughs> I love it. I was a Botox girl through and through. Still like Botox, but you've been using Dysport on me the past two times I've seen you. What makes Dysport different from Botox? In the last like couple of years, gradually I've been switching over more to Dysport and I've been finding that myself and my patients seem to be preferring it. You know, I've always considered them generally to be equals. So I just kind of never switched before. You know, Dysport was FDA approved very shortly after Botox was. And I think it just doesn't have that household name that Botox has. So I think a lot of people don't realize it's really been used for a long time. Probably the reason that people are preferring it, well, there's two things. It's the same drug. They're made by different companies and they do have some different inherent properties. And one of them is that each injection point of Dysport spreads out slightly more than your Botox injection. So it has like a, a little bit of a higher rate of diffusion. Now, this is good for some places like the forehead and around the eyes where we're treating like kind of a larger, thinner muscle. And it's really important to try to get the treatment as even as possible. Because if you think about when we do injections into the forehead, we do a bunch of little injection points. And if there's an area that's kind of skipped and is not treated, it's going to make like a weird wrinkle that doesn't look natural because it's like, why is your forehead wrinkling just in this one spot? And obviously, that's an easy thing to correct. If a patient comes back for a follow-up, we go, oh, shoot, we just have to fill in that one spot. But I think the Dysport, because it diffuses a little bit more, works better, and you know, people are in need of fewer touch-ups. Some places on the face, diffusion is not a good thing. In particular, in the lower face, and I'm not talking about the upper lip, but I'm talking about like the chin, the masseter muscles. We do use Dysport in those areas, but we have to make sure that we use it a little more concentrated and that we're a little more careful with our injection points so that it doesn't diffuse into a muscle that's unintentional, like a smile muscle or a lower lip muscle that would prevent you from being able to like, you know, eat naturally or <laughs> cause your smile to be uneven. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So the other reason when people ask me, you know, why are you suggesting I try it is that a lot of people, including myself, my colleagues, and some of my patients feel like it lasts longer. And if you look at the original studies for both Botox and Dysport, they were done in the glabellar line. And Botox used a dose of 20 units. Dysport used a dose of 50 units. So when we first got Dysport, you know, we had already been speaking this language of Botox units because a unit is really just an arbitrary measurement, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like a measurement of volume or a measurement of, you know, energy or whatever. It's kind of just this arbitrary you know, number that came out. And so in our minds, I look at somebody and go, okay, you need 20 units of Botox or 50 units or whatever. So when we first got Dysport because the units were different, we were like, okay, what's the sort of translation? 
So based on that original study, it was two and a half units of Dysport was equal to one Botox. So when we originally started using Dysport, when it was first here in the U.S., like people were a little less excited about it. First of all, just because it seemed like, you know, maybe it wasn't lasting as long or if it was equal. Again, Botox had that kind of household. So it didn't really catch on until... Out of just convenience, also mathematically, because of the vials, Dysport comes in a 300-unit vial, Botox comes in a 100-unit vial. So we just kind of round it up. Most people now, we kind of translate three units of Dysport into one unit of Botox. And so I think with this translation that we really brought on, like kind of out of convenience, it's easier to like do the math in our head. It's easier to like make sure the patient's getting kind of the same dosage. The true conversion is probably somewhere between two and a half and three. So you're probably actually getting a little more bang for your buck. Okay, great. I've been loving it for my (laughs) lip flip. I really like it around my eyes. I feel like I can actually like express myself a little bit better than maybe I did with Botox. Like I feel like it looks more natural. So that's what I've been seeing. Some people also say they think it feels softer, which I guess is kind of what you're describing. Yes, it doesn't feel as hard. I don't know the explanation for that, but I have heard that from a lot of patients. One thing I wanted to ask you, you know, Botox, it takes like seven to 10 days to see results. Is that different with Dysport? So yeah, Dysport does kick in a little bit faster. And again, we always tell everybody to give it two full weeks because Every person's body is different. The medication binding to the receptor, the receptor blocking the transmission of like the nerve to the muscle. You know, how long does that really take? It's hard to know like to an exact T, but sometimes it takes a little while for the other muscles around the area to kind of get used to it. And there's some like accommodation of muscles that kind of goes on. I think beyond the actual kicking in. So that's why we have people wait two weeks no matter what. But I do believe that, and I don't know the exact number of days, but in the study, there is some data that shows that Dysport kicks in faster. It was never like a big selling point because usually we're not like, oh, you're getting married in like three days, you better get Dysport instead of Botox. Yeah. (laughs) Usually we try to make sure that there's enough time for everything to settle and allow for a touch up. So the sort of speed of onset, I think is not necessarily our number one reason, but I suppose it could be considered a bonus. I am so glad that Dr. Sam's on this call because our first piece of beauty news is about Joe Jonas and how he is now the ambassador. I just want to know what Dr. Sam's thoughts are on, how do you pronounce it, Kirby? Zeoman? Interesting. I thought, uh, what happened to Gwen? GP? No, well, I think she's still doing it. I guess they're now rounding up the troops. But like, what's the difference between Xeomin and everything else out there? Like, is it still botulinum toxin or whatever? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. So Xeomin hit the market a few years after Dysport. And the company that makes Xeomin, I guess one of the reasons it was a little slower in gaining popularity is just that, you know, it's not a big aesthetics company like Allergan, Galderma, you know, dermatologists, we've worked with Galderma for like skincare, prescription medication. So, you know, this kind of other company, we didn't necessarily already have a relationship with them. So it was a little bit 
more difficult, I think, for them to kind of, you know, get into our offices and, you know, teach us about Xeomin. But when Xeomin first came out, their sort of claim to fame was that it was a more purified version of botulinum toxin. So again, they are all botulinum toxin. They bind the same receptor. You know, they do the same thing. They're all meant for the same indication. But Xeomin doesn't have as many proteins that are around the actual active ingredient. So, you know, one of the differences between like just uh, any medication, it's like Advil versus Motrin, for example. Like there's other things in the pill, you know, maybe that are, you know, protect your stomach or, you know, there's like little things that are differences, but the drug is the same, right? Yeah. So the hope when Xeomin came out was that people who, for whatever reason, were not responding to Botox or Dysport would respond to Xeomin because it was thought that if you didn't respond to Botox or Dysport, you must have antibodies that are neutralizing the drug. So kind of like, you know, you get a vaccine, you get antibodies, and then if you encounter the virus, the antibodies neutralize the virus, right? Yeah. So some people thought, hey, are one of the proteins, because technically that wouldn't happen with the toxin itself, it would happen with like one of the binding proteins. So some people were like, oh, this Xeomin, you know, all the non-respond will probably respond to it. Unfortunately, it didn't really happen. Got it. Um, So, (laughs) you know, Xeomin, the units are the same. One unit of Xeomin is one unit of Botox. But some people think you really need a little bit more Xeomin to achieve the same effect. So I think it just never really caught on because we already had these two botulinum toxin products that are, you know, generally good enough for the majority of people. So I feel like nobody really felt like, oh, we need this other one too. But I think they got Gwyneth involved because, you know, she's all about things being more natural and pure. And so they're saying that this is like a purest form of the toxin, of a toxin? because it doesn't have all, you know, yes, the purest possible toxin. <laughs> You're right. It, it sounds like an oxymoron. It's a pure toxin. That's also Joe Jonas's <laughs> reasoning, Sarah said. So that's hilarious. This was perfect. I appreciate you calling in, calling in. You didn't even know you were calling in. You thought you were just calling me. <laughs> but thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Sounds good. Anytime. I love that she was just like put on the spot and answered so eloquently and professionally. That's why she's a doctor, people. That's why she's paid the big bucks. Okay. We took many roads here. Okay. We were talking about perineums, talking about surrogacy, then Dr. Sam Carlson. Then we're like, let's talk about Goop and Joe Jonas. So, okay. The first thing we corrected was perineum pronunciation. Apologies to anyone we offended with that. Okay. Second, I wanted to mention something about House Labs. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how House Labs and Urban Decay made a product that were very, very similar and that we thought it was House Labs was at the very least inspired by LipSense. I do believe they were inspired by LipSense for sure. And it's definitely a different mechanism from LipSense because it's a one-step versus a two-step product. But I did consult cosmetic chemist Javon Ford, who has a very big following on TikTok. And I use him a lot for my stories on Allure because he is so thorough and just so knowledgeable about formulations. What he did say was that while they do have similar ingredients, Urban Decay and House Labs, the more unique formulation is House Labs, which I thought was really interesting. Is that because they're like, quote unquote, clean 
I don't think it has anything to do with that. Okay. Um, which is really interesting. And from what I can tell, we have had some people in the Facebook group say like Urban Decay could just kept coming off their lips, like they couldn't get it to last. I know. I was very sad. I will say like some remnants from the inside of my lips sometimes if I'm like drinking. But that's sort of normal for most lip products in that area, right? I mean, it, it's just like hard. It's hard that wet area, right? So it's not like totally fail proof, but like it's not coming off. But a lot of people that I've been like seeing talk about the House Labs Atomic Shake online are like, no, there's literally not even a remnant coming off. So I am getting the product finally. Hallelujah. And once I test it out, I will report back. But I did want to put that out there because it does sound like the House Labs formulation is more unique and not entirely the same as Urban Decay. I can't wait to try it. And there's some awesome House Labs news coming up, which I'm actually kind of excited about, which is interesting. We can't reveal anything yet, but interesting stuff happening. Watch this space. Okay. So what's on my face, what's in my face that I'm very passionate about is Dysport. Dr. Sam, this is why I see this woman because when I go into her, I obviously want to know everything that she's going to do. I really trust her. I never go in and say like, do this, do this, do this. It's like, hey, I'm noticing this happening. What can be done? What would you suggest? And then she kind of guides me, which I really think is like, how you should have a relationship with your cosmetic dermatologist if you are getting injectables. It shouldn't be like they go in and go off the rails and start doing whatever they want. It also shouldn't be you dictating what you want them to do. You're going to end up very disappointed if that's how you're going to go. It shouldn't be a transactional relationship. It should be a synergistic relationship where you're both working together to figure out what you want. So obviously, I've used Botox. I started getting Botox, I think, when I was like 31. And actually, that was later than a lot of my friends. My core group of friends had been getting Botox for a minute at that point. And I was like, I don't really think I need it. And I liked it. But I have now been using it for four years at this point. So I've been able to see like, oh, Botox can really make me look frozen. Or like Dr. Sam said, like with Dysport, I feel like there's more freedom with my facial expressions. With Botox, I feel like oftentimes that's where you get almost like the frozen look if they go too far. And so she, recently I went in and she's like, okay, yes, let's do, you know, your 11s, let's do your crow's feet, whatever. Let's do your Nefertiti lines on your neck to kind of help with the clenching and stuff like that. And she's like, I'm gonna use Dysport. And I remember being like, why? <laughs> Isn't Botox the gold standard? And yes, I love Botox for a lot of reasons, but she explained all of what she just said on the phone to me at that point, and she did it. And I have never been, ha like, I truly feel, I'm like, oh, I'm getting the smoothness that I want without the frozenness that is like almost like hard to move your face. Like Sarah, if you ever wanted to explore getting a neuromodulator, I feel like Dysport should be the way you go versus Botox. I know. I was actually thinking about that when Dr. Sam was explaining like the difference. It does seems like she's, you know, you guys were saying like softer, like it's like a good like introduction into that. Yeah. And the spreadability is, I think, the biggest part of that because it's not so concentrated. Like some people, they can't furrow their brow at all, like with Botox. And while I do have it in my 11s, like I don't have the line from furrowing my brow, but like I can still move my eyebrows. I mean, I know that there are so many people among our listeners who are happy with Botox. Love, love Botox. We're, this, we're not like shaming Botox here. 
But I do think there is like a slice of people who are like really turned off by the idea of Botox or not the idea, but like they're like, what's new? What's like the next thing? Which is why I feel like Disport. And then as we were talking about Joe Jonas, this like Zeoman is so attractive to those people who are like, I don't want to associate myself with like all these, you know, negative connotations of Botox. And I want to try this like the softer, more quote unquote purified versions. Totally. And this is the thing, like what I loved about Dr. Sam's explanation of of like Xeomin in particular is she kind of pulled back the curtain on how dermatology works. Like these bigger brands like Allergan, like Galderma, they've been in the game for so long, y'all. We've talked about those big conglomerates hundreds of times on this podcast because they really do so many things. They do skincare, they do injectables and stuff like that. So they've built these relationships with these dermatologists. You know, Botox had been out for a little bit before Disport was. But when Galderma then comes and says, hey, we actually have a, a competitor to Botox, they're more likely to be like, oh, let's give it a try and see versus Xeomin. This small indie brand. Yeah, which is like just trying to get into the film festivals, trying to make its mark to get an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like, so they're more likely to try things like Disport versus Xeomin. I feel like Xeomin has a harder point of entry into a lot of dermatology offices, which is why they are bringing in the big guns like one of the Paltrow, like Joe Jonas, because they want people to go, I want whatever they're using. And also, I think it's really interesting that Xeomin is, let's just get right into the news of it all. Joe Jonas is partnering with Xeomin. I feel like at this point, everyone has seen that incredible video that they did. It's all over social media, all on Instagram. It's hilarious. I was obviously very surprised that this is like a a partnership that Joe Jonas himself would do, but I'm like really into it because I feel like there is this whole market of men who are really interested in botulinum toxins. Botulinum toxins are neuromodulators. They're like, I don't want to use, and this is me just like projecting and generalizing, but they're like, I don't want to use Botox that like my wife or girlfriend or mom's using. I want, you know, something for me that's softer, that's, you know, not going to like be as intense. And in this interview that Joe Jonas does with Allure, his wording's really interesting because he does cite the fact that He cares about what he puts in his body. So, of course, he's going to care about what's in his aesthetic treatments. So that's why he likes to use Xeomin, because as Dr. Sam was saying, it is a more, quote unquote, purified version, a purified toxin. And then he said that, you know, it's not as overwhelming. So I think that's what it is, too. It's like the idea of like getting Botox can be like really overwhelming and intense. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like I feel ashamed in a way. Well, because there is a stigma associated with Botox because Botox was the first. It's like Q-tips. Like when you talk about a neuromodulator, you might be getting Dysport, but you might be like, oh, I get Botox. And it's like, no. Right. Or everyone just assumes like, oh, she's getting Botox. Totally. And Botox, you know, you do think of like the crazy housewives that look completely frozen because they've gone overboard with freezing their facial expressions. So especially for men, especially if you're like a heterosexual, like cisgender male, you're probably like the patriarchy is still fucking around. Right. So you're like, I don't know if I want to get Botox. But then if you're like, I'm noticing lines and wrinkles on my forehead and your girlfriend's like, oh, well, there's this Zeoman that Joe Jonas gets. Maybe you're more inclined. I mean, I'm not a cisgender male, so like, I don't know what that thought process is like, but perhaps Patrick or Matt are like, maybe I'll get Xeomin because I've seen a famous man get it and it seems to be less of a like intense 
freezing situation. I don't know how Xiamen would describe themselves as different from Disport, but that's like what I'm gathering, basically. That it's a more purified, quote unquote, purified form. Friends, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like an even softer, like it's like not as not as intense, but it's like you're, you're using it and you want it to work, right? I'm all about you keeping whatever purified whatever's in your body. But like at the end of the day, you're still putting a toxin in your skin. So like if you're going to like go crazy about clean beauty and stuff like that, and then you're getting injected with a toxin, it kind of like completely depletes your entire moral stance. And honestly, like we're all very complex, nuanced people. Like if we care about the planet and what we put into our bodies, that's great. That's but you can also get injectables. That's fine, too. Totally. Totally. I just what I'm trying to say is like, I hate it when people are like, don't put this in your body. I'm like, you still get Botox. Like, don't get the vaccine. Yeah. It's like, oh, that has toxins in it. That beauty product has toxins in it. I'm like, you literally are getting shot up in your face with a toxin every six to eight weeks. Like, where does the difference come in? So I personally really like this. I think that Xiamen made a a smart move because now I think to Dr. Sam's point, Xiamen hasn't really been able to differentiate itself in the market. But now that it's aligning with these big guns like Goop, like Joe Jonas, I think, A, it's like maybe the celebrity neuromodulator and then B, maybe more focused on the male segment. Maybe they're like, we're going to go hard for the men. It doesn't matter how you affiliate yourself like cisgender man, non-binary. We're going for the male segment and really want it to really want to like hone in on that category. And I think that's smart. I think from a business perspective, that's a really smart thing. It was so funny because on Twitter, I saw it was like Joe Jonas talks about, you know, injectables being a part of his routine. And I was like, oh my God, like good for him for like coming out and talking about this. But then I realized it was a partnership. So I was like, damn it. I mean, it's still good that he's aligning with it, but I wish it was more of like an organic thing. Like I wish Brad Pitt would be like, okay, yeah, I get like a laser facial and then I go and get Botox every like six months or something. You know what I mean? Like I wish these men would come out and like admit what they're doing. But in the story, does it say that he tried it for the first time because of this partnership? It doesn't indicate like that at whether it was like the partnership first or the ZMN. I think it probably was the partner. I- I'm just going to go on a limb here. I'm assuming that they came to him with a guy's pharma money is... Like Joe Jonas doesn't need this, but... No, he doesn't. But like, this is a, a very great paycheck for his children's future college fund. And also, if any pharma companies want to sponsor this podcast, by all means. Xeomen. <laughs> Disport. Botox. Get in here, sisters. Uh, hey, listen, I've tried them all at this point, so I can speak to every single one of them. And I love every single one of them for different reasons. And I'm open. And and I will go and hold Sarah's hand for her first on-camera injection. <laughs> I do think that they came to him first and probably said, is this of interest to you? Would it be something that you would do? And then he was like, oh, yeah. It was like, because I think I read something, maybe a tweet somewhere that said, it was my first time getting injections and I was a little nervous or something to that effect. So that's how I think that played out. Even though this is a completely chaotic episode, y'all listening are like, what the fuck's going on here? I do like this full circle moment where it was like, my wife was literally something tied to a news story. And then our dermatologist just happened to call in. And she could give us the expert quotes on both. I love it. Welcome to our world. This is just like hanging out with us. (laughs) No, truly. It's like, okay, let's call so-and-so and see if they're available. 
Okay, what's the next order of news then? I think there are probably a good handful of people who are listening who are still Bath and Body Works fans. Are you kidding me? I'm one of them and I'm like desperately trying to get on some kind of PR list. I've never been on the Bath and Body Works PR list. What? I know. I've never been on it. I could go by, but... When I was at Bustle, I wasn't because like Kara and Olivia were like the Bath and Body people. And obviously, like they didn't want to send me like a shit ton of candles on top of sending it to them. I recently, I think, was added. So now I'm getting it and I'm I'm thrilled because I, too, have a very soft spot for Bath and Body. Can you just tell them to send me the Halloween offering? That's all I want. That's literally all I've ever wanted is like the crazy, insane Halloween offering that they do. Done. So for those listening who are excited about Bath and Body Works candles and all the things, they are launching a loyalty program, which I feel like is really exciting. So the My Bath and Body Works Rewards program will allow customers to earn points, redeem special offers and free product, as well as unlock early access to events. Ooh, I think it's kind of crazy that it took them this long to develop. I wonder why now. I wonder if they've just been seeing like, you know, like Ulta Beauty, Sephora, like, you know, everyone with like their rewards programs and like maybe to like stay competitive, not that they need to, but maybe just to like offer something exciting for their loyal shoppers. So they said, I'm reading off the press release. It says there's so much to love about the program, including a free full size product for every hundred dollars spent and exclusive member only benefits. So there's like for every dollar you spend, you earn 10 points. Then, like I said, you get a free full-size product for every $100 you spend or 1,000 points earned. You get early access to sales and promotions and fragrance launches, free birthday gift each year, sneak peeks, and other surprise and delight benefits. I think this is good because especially when they do their big sales, like if you're getting early access to those, I mean, I know people go nuts for these Bath & Body Works sales. Do you think that like the teens and middle schoolers still shop at Bath and Body Works for their friends? Do you remember how like we did that? I don't know. Is that like a mall thing? Malls are having a moment. Yeah, but like, are there malls anymore? That's a thing. But like, did you used to buy like your friends, like the little hand sanitizers or like party favors? Yeah, keychains and stuff like that with like the hand sanitizer. Yes. Yeah, it was like the place to go or like teacher's gifts. Oh, teacher's gifts, hands down. Hands down, you go to Bath and Body Works and you get that giant candle for your teacher. <laughs> yes, or like the little gift, pre-made gift baskets. Yes, yes. You know what? I mean, Bath and Body Works, like it's actually incredible how long they, they're like an institution. So the fact that they're still kicking it. You would think that like the state of the beauty industry, there wouldn't be room left for them, but they're still thriving. They are thriving. And I also think because of the pandemic, the coziness of home was like so important that they probably just like their sales probably went through the roof. And there are really, truly like these people that are huge fans, like collectibles, like they have a, a room that's just full of candles that are unlit. One of the best things ever, like one of the best products I think ever invented is their portable car sense. You connect it to the visor and it comes with this little flat fragrance pod that you put in there and it just naturally, it's not overwhelming, it's so sleek. These just continue to give. And oh my God, I'm on the Bath and Body Works website right now. I should not be on this website. There is a There are all these candles, Mahog Mahogany Teakwood Intense, Leaves, Honeycrisp Apple, Fall Farmhouse, Three Wick Candle, 
would be my ultimate jam. Halloween is already bumping on this website. Oh my God, Sarah. (laughs) All of this Halloween stuff. Spooky Cider Lane has this gorgeous skull on the lid. Oh my God, this is so cute. Okay, (laughs) so excited right now. The car fragrance holder. That's what it's called. It's called a car fragrance holder. And there's one that's, it's a light up ghost and bat visor clip. How cute. It's a visor clip. And these visor clips are just brilliant. I haven't been to a Bath and Body Works in so long. Oh my God. They have like a a black matte visor clip. They have a sugar skull for Dia de los Muertos. All these amazing fragrances. I am a huge fan. And I also love eucalyptus spearmint as a fragrance. Ooh, that sounds like my gem. I feel like sometimes, because I'm not a, like, I can't do sweet. It gives me headache, like a sweet fragrance. And I feel like they do it so well. And for those people who like, like it, it's great. But I need like the citrusy or the eucalyptus. Like I need something bright. So maybe I'll pick that up. Oh my God, this witch hand pedestal where it's literally a hand that holds a candle. I'm unwell. I need this so bad. I also just wanted to shout out the wallflowers. If y'all have never used a wallflower from Bath and Body Works, get on it. It reminds me of my childhood. Yes. It's essentially a diffuser and they're cute. They look like little Christmas lights, honestly, like a little bulb. I really, really love them. This is insane. Like I do not need to be on this website. This is a big problem. How cute. Anyways, shout out to Bath and Body Works. So this embargo lifts on the 22nd at 8 a.m. Eastern time, which this will have gone live already. But this is this is new and exciting news, everyone. New and exciting. We love to see it. Shout out to Bath and Body Works. TikTok micellar hack. Did you see this? No, I have not seen this. It looks fun to me. I have not tried it. <laughs> This is from Birdie. As a kid, blowing bubbles was a simple thing that brought so much joy. Ready to feel that unfettered happiness again? We might have found the grown-up version thanks to TikTok. And now removing your makeup will never be the same. The micellar water bubble hack has a lot of visual appeal, says Dr. Blair Murphy-Rose. So you're pouring the micellar onto like a cotton pad, and then you put the cotton pad up to your mouth and you blow and bubbles come out from the other side. Ooh. And then they are arguing that this hack actually helps to remove your makeup better because it's like foamy, which if you read this article, the dermatologist that they interviewed was like, actually, no, it's like all the same components. The foam is not going to, you know, help. If it's fun to do, you should do it. It's uh, it's not, you know, hurting anyone. If you think it's working better then great, but it's not. <laughs> this is just fun. So, yeah. Like, if you want to try it, it's not going to hurt anything, but also it's not like a new hack that's going to change the results of your makeup removal. I know. This is why I love TikTok, because they're like, you've been doing micellar water wrong for your entire life. Like, this is how you're, you know what I mean? Well, can I just laugh with you for a second? Because there was a girl, and again, I hate it when stitches stitch things just to be nasty or like corrections or whatever, like, because it's so rude. But there was this one girl and she was like, Today, I'm going to show you an effortless, easy, clean girl, no fuss. And and, and then like a stitch comes in and is like, what are we even saying anymore? Like, what are we even doing? And that was it. That was the entirety of the video. What are we even doing? And I was like, yes, what are we even doing? What are we doing? What are these words that are arbitrary? It's literally sounds like an infomercial. No, I literally want to do like, my own parody version. Like today I'm going to show you a day to play 
effortless, no touch-ups, humidity-proof, like just, yeah, it has to be some kind of life-changing, miracle-working, clock-turning back. It's like, we need to see God. God needs to intervene. It's too much. It's too much. And I think people are getting so, so bored with it. Like, I also was uh, uh, Am Reezy. Do you know who that is? She's like an OG YouTuber. She came on and was just like, guys, what are we doing on this app? Like, what are we doing on this clock app? Like, anytime I get on here, it's somebody criticizing someone else for how they do their makeup. Oh, your makeup's so 2016. It's like, well, maybe some people want to do their makeup like 2016. And I'm like, amen. Yes. It's not me. I can't do my makeup like I did in 2016 because guess what? It would not look as great. But if you do your makeup the way you did and you liked the way you looked and you like the way you still look now, great. I think there's becoming this moment where people are starting to realize like the constant trend driven content that happens on TikTok is A, not sustainable and B, like makes zero sense half the time. And it's just causing drama and unnecessary total chaos, unbelievable chaos. Last thing before we wrap things up, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who signed up for Gloss Angeles Confidential. So much fun. I can't wait to keep doing this, you guys. So we actually haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. Kirby, what is Gloss Angeles Confidential? Gloss Angeles Confidential is a seeding group that we created. Okay, by the way, when Sarah and I are doing our, our this podcast, literally, like, you'll see us. We should just post this. Sarah <laughs> Sarah is, like, spooling through her eyelashes. I literally was taking an eyelash curler earlier and just, like, curling my eyelashes. This is what we do. Los Angeles Confidential is our seeding group. And we partnered with a brand that shall remain nameless for the time being to our Glam Gelinos, an opportunity to try a product before it launches actual lab sample. It has none of the packaging that you're going to see when it actually launches. We sent a note to the people that got into the seeding and let them know how we would test it as beauty editors. Essentially, we're giving you the opportunity to do what we do on a regular basis. And it's going so well. People have received the product, which is a mascara, and are testing it out, posting the reviews, posting photos, Instagram stories. And we love to hear what you guys think and and the, the critical slash interesting ways y'all are critiquing and giving reviews of this particular product. So far, people seem to love this mascara. I know. And it looks so good on everyone's eyelashes. I'm like blown away. I wish that we, I mean, we could still do, do this, but I want to be like, who do you think? the brand is like what brand do you think made this and it's like a masked singer moment (laughs) where we unveil i put this in the facebook group but this is what i want to ask of the glam Julinos that received this mascara because remember not everybody that signed up for this got in so if you're one of the 30 please do your part and comment on this thread in facebook send us an email if you feel more comfortable post on instagram tag us post uh, on Instagram stories, TikTok, because the more that you guys get engaged with this and share, the more opportunities we're going to have, not only in terms of like products, but being able to include more people in this seating. But I did say in the Facebook thread that, you know, who do you think the brand is? Did people guess? 
No, not yet. And I think people are just starting to get their packages because we told them, don't do like a first impression. We want you to use it for a few days to see how it works and and gave some guidelines on the judging and stuff like that. So we're really curious who you guys think this brand is. So if you're part of Los Angeles Confidential, please post, review, all of that good stuff. The brand will be revealed either end of the month or early next month. And we're curious, like, I mean, could this be a thing where it's like once a month we send out like one or two products for people to test? Like, would you guys pay for something like that? If we if we said like $10 a month, you get two never before seen new products or new launches, perhaps, or maybe just products that we love and like want you guys to test and try out. Like, would y'all would y'all pay $10 a month for that? I feel like that's a reasonable for like two products that are probably definitely going to be at least $50. Thank you all so much for supporting us as usual. You can follow us on social at Los Angeles Pod everywhere. Also, we have a website. And if you go to the website and want to look up the products we mentioned in a specific episode, all of those products are mentioned in that episode. You can even listen to the episode on our website should that tickle your fancy. Everyone enjoy the last couple of weeks of summer. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Los Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 